Gentlemen, are you content with your sex life? Are you getting the right amount of sex from your wife? A lot of guys might say no. Today's guest, Cass Morrow, is going to talk about how he drastically changed his life, his marriage, and his sex life, right here on the Manlyhood Mancast. You can be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. You can be the father, the husband, the leader that your family and your community needs. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. And listen, today's episode is an interview with Ryan Cass Morrow. He goes by Cass. And his name was changed, actually. He changed his name after completely changing his life. And we're going to hear from him in just a little bit. But before we do, I want to encourage you. If you want to impress, actually, you want to make happy your wife, we've got a Valentine's Day contest where we're giving away some amazing handcrafted jewelry. You can find what that looks like at manlyhood.com slash contests. And it's our opportunity to give you a gift that you can give to your wife and uh, for Valentine's Day. And we're going to have a, a gift card in there as well. So you can take her out for a nice dinner. Uh, these gifts that we've got handcrafted earrings from Haven Designed. You can find them on Etsy at Haven Designed on Instagram at uh, haven.designed, and also from Jawbone and Honey, which is another creator that makes some amazing jewelry there as well. So we've got some leather earrings from Haven Designed and some uh, clay. They actually look like gemstones. They're gorgeous from Jawbone and Honey. You can follow them on Instagram and Etsy as well, and you can check out their work. Uh, we'll have the links as well in the show notes, but we are so happy to promote them and their work. And if you want to win a, a gift that you can give your wife for Valentine's Day, just go to manlyhood.com slash contests. Guys, this is going to be a great episode, so stay tuned. Cass, it is great to have you on the Manlyhood Mancast today. Thanks for joining us. Man, thanks for having me, Josh. I'm pretty pumped. You've got a pretty good set going on here. Yeah, we're, we're working on it, <laughs> doing some pretty cool stuff and making it happen. So, hey, nice. uh I'd really like to get to know a little bit more about you and the work you do, if you could tell us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Cass Morrow, and I, I, I just I show men how to show up. Uh, basically, I help them get their wives to to ignite the desire uh, in in them again. You know, show up, get the passion, the fire back in a marriage, and really, I hook them with sex. But you can't have great sex if you're not, you know, in a marriage where you're emotionally connected. You're laughing, you're dreaming, you're achieving, you're talking, you're having fun. Like then the great sex comes. So that's what I do. What is it that inspired this journey? Was it a struggle of your own, or how did this come about for you, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked that. It's it, we, my wife and I, we, um, we, we actually think we we should have probably killed each other with our first four years of marriage. I mean, we separated seven times, missing uh, in the first four years, missing all of our first four anniversaries. You heard that right? And I mean, we were vicious. We were terrible to each other. I had a restraining order against me. Uh, you, you know, just battling with anger for my whole life, insecurities. And I brought all this into my marriage and I brought something out of her that was ugh, terrible. And then we had a really successful gym in 
Edmonton, Alberta for 22 years. Well, I had it for 22 years and we lost it with COVID. And I started doing a few other projects. And my wife goes, babe, you're a coach and you did something incredible with our marriage. Why aren't you showing men how to do that? And I was just like, boom, why am I not doing it? So I started to work with, with dudes slowly. My network, I have a pretty big network. And then I started to go viral on TikTok in February and the rest has been history. Hundreds and hundreds of men now saving their marriages and saving their sex lives and just living life, man. It's good. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we talked before we started recording that social media is starting to block you and your ability to get the word out. What, what do you think is the root of that? Well, we're being really transparent. I mean, we're talking about some of the, uh, you know, we weren't straight up physical with each other, but I did things like flip my wife out of the bed. You know, I did things like throw the furniture, flip the furniture, punch the holes in the walls. And of course, what at least most people have gotten to it, if they have an anger issue, the screaming, the name calling, the, and I think even if you don't have an, an, an issue with anger, people are doing this. And what happens is, you know, everybody tells you how to fix your marriage. And I have a firm belief that this is society. This is your family, your therapist, uh, the Bible, or, sorry, your pastors talking about the Bible. Society's lying to us all. And how do we know that? Well, you know, they're all getting divorced. The statistics are climbing. And so why they're blocking us, I believe, is people hear some of our story and they go, that's terrible. And they're, they're literally telling me I'm endorsing harm and violence. And I'm, we're doing that because hundreds of people are DMing us every day saying, I thought I was the only one. Everybody's telling me to leave. You know, I, now I know there's hope, you know, and so... I think that there, there's just a lot of people that are victimized. You're, you know, you run a man, manly, manlyhood podcast. I mean, the victims aren't just males. They're females, and everybody wants to blame. I think it's society's marriage, man, society's marriage. It's like just one-on-one -on -one marriage, or you can look at society as a whole, feminism, toxic masculinity, married, and blame game. Enough, man, enough. And I think people like us who are standing up for what's right for men, my wife for women, we're getting the brunt of it, man, because people rather sit in pain. You know, I think that, you know, when you talk about your story, uh, you know, and it, it may have a lot to do with people reporting things, too. I, I think that that's there's two kind of factors involved with social media and blocking. You've got when people report it because they're angry or they don't like your message. And then you've got the AI that has no ability to distinguish nuance or. Yeah. And so one or the other or both is what's probably coming against you. And I think because, you know, I do, I mean, I always teach people, you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. So I never want to be somebody who yells, who would disrespect somebody back, even if they're disrespectful to me. So I think you're right. That's how I, I started to think the block came in was because I started to be a little disrespectful to a dude who was getting under my skin. I allowed something that is not who I am anymore to affect me. But on the flip side, you're right. Some of the appeals I had to send in when I could see what content was being restricted. I think that was AI. It's just because I said, you know, my wife and I should have killed each other. We were terrible. I don't mean we should have killed each other, but it's surprisingly, it, you know, it's, it, to, to me, it surprises me that we didn't. She'll joke. I'm thankful I'm Christian because I bet you I would have slit your wrists in the sleep or something. You know, like, of course, she probably wouldn't have. I think she didn't. So, you know. <laughs> But there is light at the end of the tunnel. And if we can beat some of these people, if we can beat some of this AI, man, I think there's hope. You just got to keep trying. So, Cass, you talk about that your marriage then versus your marriage now. You're, and, and obviously, that's also you then and you now. What was the catalyst for the change? 
I went through the typical, and I, I'm betting a lot of your guys are going to resonate with this, but, you know, your wife doesn't want you. In, in, in a lot of cases, she's serving you. She's taught to serve her husband, be submissive, and all this jazz. And then that starts to turn into, well, nobody wants job sex. I don't know about you, but I hate job sex more than no sex. And, you know, this start, starts the pattern, and then we're told to go talk. And so this whole thing was happening, and then this anger and insecurity stuff was unleashing. And there was starting to be a lot of rejection in our marriage. You know, she just wasn't interested. And one day I just said to her, you know, like, actually, I got, I lost it. I was like, oh, I want to use this thing. Because she had just rejected me. And she was like, as gentle as she could, uh, hey, baby, or actually it was honey. Hey, honey, I'm not attracted to you anymore. I'm not into you anymore. And I'm settling. And I'm only here to honor my commitment to marriage and my oath under God. And that, that literally sent me down this angry tailspin. I'd done a lot with my anger by then, but I was ferocious for three days. But then, Josh, I realized I clicked. If my wife wasn't interested in having sex with me, she wasn't motivated to fix the sex life. So I had to figure out it wasn't about kissing on her ear, blowing on her neck. It, it meant that I have to be a man and own me. And this is why I say to men, you have to fix it. It's so much easier if we can just man up be the kind of man that a woman needs. And I don't think we're taught. So that sent me down a massive journey to learn. You know, I know in our own marriage with my wife and I, if I'm in, you know, and, and dude, I think all of us go through cycles, you know, where things are going really well. And then we get lazy or we get complacent or we get depressed yeah. or we get in our heads or whatever. And it's like, when I think about my own marriage with my wife, when it's going well, is when I am confident in who I am, when I am yes. living my purpose, when I am... Uh, you know, taking myself seriously and trying to take care of myself and working hard on it. Like I'm overweight, you know, I know that I'm not necessarily physically the most attractive specimen that she could have. And that's something I work on. But when I'm not working on it, just the fact that I'm working on it, whether or not I'm making a whole lot of progress, just the fact that I'm working on me is attractive to her. Yes, that's, that's exactly it. There's a couple things I picked up from you right away because we're just getting to know each other. But yeah. I mean, you came from your other job to do this, which means you're working hard for purpose, like you just said. I call that man with purpose in my course. And then on top of that, you're leading men. That's fucking hot. Let's be honest, right? You're a leader. People are looking up to you. And then you just hit another nail on the head, man. I did a video yesterday, which would go nowhere on Facebook because of the restriction. But it was about the dad bot. If you can't see it, why would she want to go down on you? But the descriptions, that's just to get your attention. The description is simple. You don't have to be a Greek god. You just have to give a shit. You have to be working and not quitting. Be a man with integrity. Follow through with what you say. How many of us say, oh, I'm going to work out, and then you don't, right? And it's just this is the pattern that you're doing with everything from fixing your garburetor to, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. How many people started it, and you're still doing it, right? Yeah. You know, that's actually something that kind of makes me uh, – some things that I've heard, you know, I – I've heard the phrase happy wife, happy life. And I think that it gets, I gets definitely gets twisted out of context, but the idea behind it was meant to be take the time to please your wife and to meet her needs. Right. And if you do that, at least that will help. I know that with, with my wife, if there's a sink of dishes downstairs that is not done, she cannot focus on any other task. Yeah. Know? And so for me to take the time, it's not about making her happy or keeping her happy. It's about, meeting her needs, knowing that taking care of business is one of her needs, you know? Yeah. Good for you. I've had a couple of reels go viral with the happy wife, happy life. I address a bit, of, a bit of it differently, but you're right. In my course, I talk about what you're talking about there, but yeah, it, 
I, I think that people bastardize it just like they bastardize the Atkins diet. No, two weeks later, you're supposed to eat carbs, just like the Bible's bastardized with submissive and, and serve you, right? They're, everything gets twisted in society, right? And it's just a little bit over time. But yeah, it's absolutely about meeting her needs. It's absolutely about being an adult. She doesn't need another child. If you if she leaves you tomorrow, dude, you're still doing the dishes. You're just not going to expect anything in return because she's gone, right? And I think that people get stuck in these roles going entitlement and, and expectations because, hey, I provide or whatever, you know? Yeah, and that's – that. I hear, actually, actually hear that a lot. Like, I work hard. I deserve this. Like, dude, like, I think we need to just erase the word deserve from our vocabulary. Yes, yeah. You know what? I, I talk about that stuff a lot too, more written, but – yeah, man, like I guarantee you, and I don't know you, so I won't speak to you, but I guarantee you almost every man that's listening can't outwork me and then still doesn't show up at home the way I show up and then still doesn't flirt with his wife the way he should. And then still, ha and they have all these, I deserve these expectations. You know, I have a scorecard in my program where you have to look at this every day until it's ingrained in your brain because these expectations of things you think you deserve, it's bullshit, man. And by the way, on that po point, why do you care about what's fair? Don't you care about what works? I don't know about you, but I like having a rocking wife who's all over me all the time, pulling me into the bathroom at the restaurant or some party that I'm at when I've never met the people before. You know what I mean? Desire, not just, I deserve sex, I'm a man. Same sort of thing. It's all the same thing to me. Doesn't matter what example you, you bring out. You know what I mean? I think the other thing that we forget a lot is that there's a lot of deep stuff inside us associated that gets attached to the concept of sex. Like, Sex is great. It's awesome. But it's not just a biological function. I think it's a spiritual thing. And if you don't take care of the crap inside you, man, it just it bleeds over into that, you know? I think you're right there. And, you know, I think a lot of men don't realize they think they're the only one not having sex with their wife. That's what I'm learning. Like men are afraid to talk about it. And if they do, they talk to the wrong kinds of people about it instead of somebody who survived it like me or somebody who's like you have pretty good. I'm just getting to know you, but it sounds like you got a really good understanding of this stuff already. So you've obviously done the work. And a lot of these guys, again, afraid to do the work and not willing to dig deep. I call insecurity a freaking monster and I call anger a freaking beast. And those two emotions are starting all this downward spiral when your wife just doesn't say I love you back the same way, or she is just laying there doing her job, you know, and then if you don't get these things under control, man, this is the work inside you need. And if you're, you know, you're talking about spiritually, a lot of the work that I did was pre God and then after God. And man, you can start to tie in a real understanding if you start to put it together intentionally, right? Because then you're not blaming anymore. You're just blaming you. Does that make sense? 100%. I think that, taking that personal responsibility is everything and understanding that, man, this, it starts and ends with me, you know? Yeah. I look at it like we can't control her, man. You know, even one of the first things I say in my program is we can't control her. All we can do is become our most, our best, most highly attractive version, irresistible version of ourselves. And then somebody won't be able to control themselves around you. I hope it's your wife, but your kids will also find you irresistible. Your colleagues will find you irresistible. The other men you're leading will find you irresistible. And obviously this isn't all sexual on that side, but then she can't help but follow suit. So why not just pretend for a short time while you figure out your shit? She did nothing wrong, man. She did nothing wrong. It's all reaction to me and what I did wrong. Just how I overcame all the anger and insecurity and just went and got my wife, you know? Yeah. Well, and even if she did do something wrong, right? Like, 
what are you going to do about that? What can you do about that? Nothing. I can only work on me. I'm the only one that I can control and fix. A hundred percent. I have a, a really, I, I like to use cheating as the simplest example because that's, that's the worst, right? You find out your wife cheated. And I didn't go through this with my wife, but I've been down this road before. And I can look back at almost all the relationships with the same philosophy that I use. I shouldn't call it philosophy, but analogy. Simple. You run a red light. She's drunk driving. She hits you. She's going to have consequences. She did shit wrong. But who cares? You're still fucking dead. You know what I mean? Why wasn't she looking at you? I don't care who she slept with. And you can apply that to almost anything. Why did she yell at me? Why did she just not fulfill her end of the bargain today? Everybody has a wife that has to take 50% responsibility. I choose to teach men to take 100% responsibility because then you can stop talking about the past and start doing things that bring you to the future, i.e. why I don't like therapy. Just go backwards in time, but never far enough to when everything was good, you know? So what is it that makes you irresistible? Like, let's say I'm this guy and I'm, I've got the question. Because I know a lot of guys listening are, are at that place. They're like, look, I don't even know where to start. This is a mess. <laughs> you know, where do, where do we start? Can I back it up a bit first then and go, bring you to it? Go right ahead. Okay, so I, I create something called a yes tone in the home. And I got that from a book called uh, The Married Man's Sexual Primer. He calls it a yes tone in the home. Now, I put a different spin on it and a different approach of how to get there. But basically, when you show up as a man in control of those expectations that we were talking about, taking the ownership, we don't expect to have sex or anything in return. Like when you compliment a normal person in the street, you don't expect them to smile back at you, laugh, jump you, whatever. You show up as a man in control of those things. Then you can start to show up at home as a proper partner, not a roommate, as a great dad, not because you provide or you crawl around on the floor, but because you're actually a great dad, you know, picking up. You know, packing the diaper bag, picking up the stuffies instead of stepping over them. Don't leave the kids' plates on the table. You're actually a great dad. You know, you're a partner now again, right? And then you are, by doing all these things, you set this yes tone, which I say is, it's assumed you'll have great sex, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, that just means that you guys are, um, you know, you're connecting. The atmosphere, the energy is different. Then I show you how to be a man with purpose, and that man starts to become from attractive too irresistible. Why? You're a valuable dude. You've got your podcast. You take health serious. You're learning things every day. You know, you become a leader. All of these things, like, it's like why when I go to a party, I've never met anybody before. People are circled around me and listening to me talk. They're listening to my jokes. It's irresistible. My wife takes me to the bathroom three quarters of the way through the night. This is the next level. But you've still got to be doing some more stuff to actually make that part happen. And I call that man pushing buttons or must have sex buttons. And this is where I branch off big time from some of the programs. There's not many, but some of the programs are out there. You're a lover. Make her feel loved, valued, respected, so you're emotionally connecting to your wife. This is what a woman needs. Then you're a player, that guy from high school that could pick up the chicks or the guy at the bar, you know, the rock star or whatever. But we're not going to do that. We're married. We've got to do it in a different way. This guy's pushing her buttons, so she's emotionally connected, and now she feels like a woman out of mom mode, not just a wife, but she's a woman. And that valuable dude took the time to show a reminder that she's a woman that has needs, and then you can start to, to rock and roll. But then there's one more thing that other things aren't, our other resources don't have, and that's posture. Because you can do everything right, and you could be irresistible, Josh. But if you do something stupid like yell at your toddler because they were screaming because they're just tired, well, she she's gonna look at you and go, mm, "That's not really what I want," you know. 
And I was guilty of that big time. My kids were traumatizing me with the screaming. And I was like, just ask me for the water. I'll do it. So I could do everything right. And then I was irresistible. And all of a sudden, you're pretty darn unattractive because you're screaming at some kids who are just learning how to deal with their emotions. You know? So it's kind of that's kind of the process that I go through with my program. Yeah, I can think of um, a date night recently. My wife and I were out on date night. We have fun. We do what we're doing. And she says something that makes me upset. I start to get a little bit heated. Not disrespectful, but definitely not necessarily kind or attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's like, you know, this is not making me want you right now. Yeah, yeah. And well, and honestly, it was helpful because, I, you know, a lot of guys would be like, they would react to that. And they would be like, well, I don't want you either because blah, blah, blah. And I just said, you know what? I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. If we can actually be humble enough to say, you know what? You're right. Like, I think, you know, it sometimes can give you a reset when you're starting down that wrong direction. You're, you're right. And you know what? For a lot of men listening, you're going to find that your wife is going to throw out tests and challenges. This isn't real. This isn't going to last too little, too late, or just straight up, straight up lashing out. My wife was vicious by the time I started to show up. And, you know, the reality is things will trigger her to this day. She'll still say something and go, oh, crap. Like, and this is years and years later. She's still going to, oh, crap, I'm going to bring out the animal again. And then I just remind her, hey, that was Ryan. This is Cass. We're good. You know, that's why I changed my name. We recently did that. And it's just, but once you can own it like that, be humble like that, your wife will eventually follow suit. But you've just got to show up consistently. That's it. Own it. And then it's, man, it's good. Do you do you have a system? I'd love to hear your system for how you just sort of detach from that that anger. Um, there's definitely not a system. It is, it is for us. It was something that I'm learning to do, that she's learning to do, and it's mm -hmm. taking time. I I haven't taken the time to put it in the system. Ah, I'll give you mine if you want. Sure. Yeah. So I I can still get angry pretty easily. But I just, I've, I call it a turnaround time. Like how fast can I just go back to the, where do I want to go? So I never say run away from what you're feeling, but first thing is you run towards it. Okay, I'm angry. So that's recognizing. That's a crappy way to feel. And this goes for insecurity, depression, anxiety, everything. It's working really well for my men. But you you start to feel oh, that crap inside your stomach, whatever she said, you're, you know, like you said, you could just lash out and just start going back at her. And now you're going down the wrong way. Or you can go, I... I don't like this feeling. I like feeling like we're happy. We're laughing. We're having fun. And that's what we forget about when we want to get defensive and go with our anger or insecurity or depression or whatever. And then you just create an opportunity to change that. So you might not be in the best spirits to do it, but when you start practicing, you're laughing. So you're at the restaurant, literally get up and say, what are we doing? Let's dance. Boom. Have some fun or something like that. Be the, the kind of class clown at the table and get her like going, that's not who I expect. And after you do this a few times, she's going to start to go, oh, this is cool, too. And she's going to make it easier on you when you start to get angry. Sometimes it'll be like, hey, babe, I got you. We're a team. It's okay. You let that go. You know, and so you just create these opportunities to just where where do I want to feel? Or sorry, what do I want to feel? And where do I go to get that feeling? Because, man, the moment I realized, wait a minute, happiness feels a lot better than being angry every day. This is cool. And I started to just focus on creating those opportunities. And now you get so good at it, you can do it with everything in your life, man. It's wicked. Yeah, I, we get to choose our feelings. I mean, it doesn't mean, like, the initial feeling necessarily isn't your choice. 
what you do with it is your choice. And, yes. and, and I think that's everything. And like learning how to express it in a healthy way. Sometimes the thing that I'm angry about with her, we have to talk about, like it yeah. needs to be addressed. And, you know, I'm learning that that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I had to learn that the hard way. Cause I grew up fighting every day. My parents fighting every day. And I brought that, they paved the way for the next two decades of my life. Mm. But when I had somebody worthy of the fight, I was able to start looking into my own self and going, huh, that's not really cool. I didn't, I didn't even know it wasn't normal. I thought that's the way you do. You just fight. And it sounds crazy, but that's where a lot of people go. Even if you developed your own patterns, but you are, you're in control of the feeling and the direction you want to go but you're just going to have to step up your game. That's where I think my program helps a lot of guys too, because you just don't even know what you've already lost flirting. You've already lost the banter. You've already lost all the dating. That's great. You guys are going on dates. Are you still talking about the kids? You can level up by not talking about the kids on your date or maybe for the first 20 minutes of dinner, but then you better have something I call traincations. You're going to have fun. If you're already in the spirits of like, she knows it's coming. It's going to be fun, man. You guys can easily start to control these, these little triggers or these little, burst of, of the monster or the beast inside you that you can just start to just move in the direction you want. You, you mentioned something earlier how when the woman says too little, too late. And I tend to think that when women say I'm done, like, like when a man is like, I'm thinking about divorce, I'm not happy here. Like, it's usually not too late for him. A lot of times when a woman is like, I'm done, I'm out. Like, they've been thinking about this for a long time. Well, I, I personally believe when a woman actually leaves, she's been thinking about it for a long time. But a woman and a man both will do the same thing. They'll just say it a thousand times first. It's our way of being defensive. It's just protective mode. That's all. So if you can start to love her through that, hey, babe, I appreciate why you want to go. I get it. I understand. You know, you don't always have to apologize. Sometimes you didn't do anything wrong. And some of us get, you know, this nice guy syndrome where we're trying to just apologize for everything but all you sound like is a needy bitch instead of just being a man and going, all she needs is a rock. And by the way, anybody's listening, this cry on your shoulder doesn't mean give her a big hug. Most women aren't physical touch. Get off her. Just listen to her. I understand where you're coming from. Do you want to talk about that? Right? Remember where you're going, not what you think you need to, to address to, to prove you're right. You can't fight the person that you want to live an incredible life with. It's never going to work. So she'll say she's out. Catherine, like I said, separated seven times. She left me seven times uh, it, it, in the first four years of our marriage, right? She said I was leaving a lot more than that, many walks. She learned to sort of stay home, but it, it was a lot of work for her too, right? But you can encourage the behavior you want by just shutting up and listening, man, you know? And on that note too, Josh, you know, a lot of guys come to me because, well, they wait till it's too late. Their wife's already leaving, you know? Now that's not too late with my program because you have opportunities, especially if you have kids where you can show up. But man, anybody who's listening, who's going down this road, whose wife is starting to mention, man, whatever, use my program, you talk to Josh, you do whatever you do to learn. You fix your issues, you have issues, fix them. Why are you waiting to rinse and repeat with the next person? Like, honestly, if you love your wife, go get your wife, you know? Yeah. I, I love that you talk about that, that you say, like, it doesn't have to be too late. Like, I will say a lot of guys, they get in that spot where they're like, oh, she's gone, you know, and I'm going to win her back. And I'm always like, dude, work on you first. And I know that you talk, you seem to talk about that, too. Like, like work on you, because whether or not she comes back, you're not going to lose 
by becoming a better man. A hundred percent. Like, like it's not going to hurt you to become a better man. That's only going to make you better. So I like to throw this out a lot. When I talk to guys, I like to screen guys because on social media, when you're growing, you get a lot of people that are douchebags. You know what I mean? Oh, cool. I can make her have more sex with me. And no, man, I, I want to make sure you love your wife. I think that's important. Yeah. But I've moved a little bit on some of those calls to, to let these guys know, like, yeah, man, because we can't control what she's going to do, just what you said, you're still going to be your incredible version, right? Your kids will find you irresistible too. Do you want them to repeat the same mistakes that you made? Everybody says it, but do you actually mean it? Can you be man enough to say I did everything that I did? I, I like the guy that's looking back in the mirror. Because, dude, if you yelled at your wife last week, you shouldn't like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what somebody says to you. What are you going to Somebody yells at you in the street? Are you still doing this childish thing where you go yell back? No, you should be a man and deal with it, right? That's not fist fighting. Those days are done, right? And I think, you know, if you, if you show up and you are proud of yourself, it's not the cliche work on you. I don't like that. But because a lot of the work that you do should be because you love your wife, because you love your kids, because you want to lead other men. That's not just about you. That's about the world that you can inspire, right? So I don't like to get cornered into, we're just going to focus on you first. Mm -hmm. But at, at the same time, it has to start with right. you, right? What do you think that the hardest thing for guys to really grasp and take hold of in this process is? I, I think it really depends. Say, for example, a man who's cheating, it's going to be a lot of what I call posture. He's got to learn to deal with these insecurities, right? But... It, it also could be just that a man's just super entitled, man. The church told him his wife should be serving him sex three times a week and once for her. And he hasn't figured out that you can test drive a Ford Focus or you can take wild rides in a Ferrari. That's going to feel better, right? And so it really is individual. But if I could narrow it down, it would be take a fucking step, dude. Take a step. You know, I can have 60,000 followers or 30,000 followers or, or 2,000 followers when I started. And you know what? It's always 4% of men call me, and it's always 50% of those men that get into the course. The numbers haven't changed since I went viral in February. Mm. You know, So I think that would be, if I had to summarize it, it's get off your ass, man. Stop being a victim. Start owning you. And then you can just, just understand. Um, she obviously has shit to fix. But why do I care about talking about that if I can do something about it? Your way is not working. You know what I mean? So 2% of men are the ones that will respond is what you're saying. Yeah. So it's all, it's, it's exactly 2% of and that, the numbers. So now it's 90,000 uh, followers overall over the platforms. Right. Um, and yes, the numbers are always just 2%. And I know cause my, my website, you'll either give me, I don't do any hard sales or anything, man. I want to work with dudes who want to grow. And so, Basically, if you want, you can give me your name and number and I'll call you and we'll find out if you love your wife. That's my only criteria, man. Then you got to get to work. I don't even, I give you a video that says uh, the prices, options and costs. That's how little I'm actually selling dudes. I want men who love their wife and want to grow. That's it. And it's so funny to me because and even for a while, I gave my program away for free, Josh, for free. The numbers haven't changed. It's 2%. Whether I'm billing or whether I give it away for free for the four months or whatever earlier this year, because uh, I thought I could get enough clients with coaching if it was free. No, because of that, those two percent to take the course, it's even less. Those numbers fluctuate a little bit though, but it's you know anywhere between twenty to sixty percent of men at a time will be doing something with the course. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of men don't. I had a dude this week. I talked to you today again for the second time. My wife is leaving me. My wife is leaving me. She bought me your course two months ago, and I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't follow through. Well, what the fuck, man? This is the take a step that I'm talking about, right? Dude, I get that all the time. Where um, women will reach out to me, like, "I need you to help my husband," and my response is, "I'll tell you right now that that's never going to work." You can tell your husband about what we're doing at Manlyhood, and if he wants to be a part of it, he'll come be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out of my way to help your husband who doesn't reach out and try to get help. You know, I would love to hear your take on this. Uh, so this inspires a, a thought that we've sort of had recently. My wife, because of my uh, stuff going viral, my wife is getting so many DMS as she, as I share her posts about our relationship and women just pouring their hearts out. And what we learned was at first it was save my reels and share with your husband. Woo, they're getting too angry. They're not ready yet. Then there was, you know, make a video, you know, hey, baby, I want to watch this website with you today later. And I'm so excited. And they're all pretty and they blow a kiss and and it's they go to the website and it says more sex, better sex, marriage reset. This should inspire a man to be like, whoa, I can finally get there again. But no, it didn't really work as well as my wife saying to them. And I'm getting to where I'm going to ask what your thoughts are. My wife actually works one on one with the women because sometimes it's easier for the woman to show up and lead her husband. We don't like that. We think it's easier for a man to start making some changes. But I'd love to hear your thoughts because there's been so many times in my journey with my wife, and we just learned it's not necessarily about leading, it's a, or the man leading the way we're taught. But it's like you both have different skills, and you both have different mindsets. And if you're pushing, he's pull, or vice versa, like you're going nowhere anyway. So whoever's like in in the forward moving motion is doing a little bit of the leading. What are your thoughts on that? So I am a, I'm a guy that I believe in patriarchy and I believe in matriarchy. And that always makes everybody mad when I say that because they're like, but you can't have both. Yeah, you can knock it off with the dualism. Uh, A man and a wife lead their home together. You know, now I, I tend to think that at the end of the day, I'm responsible for my home, right? You know, if, if my kids break a window, I'm responsible to make sure the window gets replaced. Mm-hmm. So, but at the, so like that, the weight of responsibility, I believe is on, on the man. I think that's there, but I also think that both of us lead and we lead each other and we do it sometimes well and sometimes not. I will say that when my wife leads gently and, uh, compassionately and, and not demanding, I will listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, I think I have a little bit more leeway to be firm and I can say, we're not doing that. And, and she might buck it, but she usually goes along with it, you know, but I think that's our relationship. I don't think every relationship is the same way. Sometimes she says that sometimes she's like, we're going to do this. That's what we're doing. And I'm like, I'm, I might not like it, but I usually go along with it because I realize she's right. I'm just being stubborn, you know? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, and and it goes that goes both ways. I think I think men and women lead, and they lead each other. And if they do it right, they understand that it is not about the privilege; it's about the responsibility. Yeah, good point. Great way to say it. Yeah. So that's, that's my my take on that. I do think though that most husbands will not uh, respond to something because their wife begs them to do it. 
begs or nags or whatever, I think that goes both ways. I mean, the bottom line is if, if you're coming in and trying to drag, which is what people do, or if they're trying to lay a boundary, you're just dragging your spouse. You're not actually leading your spouse. You can think, of, if you don't believe me, look at how you parent your kids. If you demand them to do everything, you're dragging them. You're not leading. They should start to respect. And I don't mean like if toddler age, obviously there's some, some more firm boundaries you might have to lay. But, you know, the reality is when you're speaking to your equal, which is your partner, should be anyways, then, yeah, most of us are sitting there begging or nagging or, or saying or complaining. I said this before. Dude, nobody cares. If you make them feel guilty, then what are they going to do? They're going to lash out, get angry, get upset, feel bad about themselves and just fight back. Right. So you're not leading. I think that's where people get confused and why most men are not in a position to lead and why most women aren't. And the reason why the lines get crossed, because then you're told you're supposed to lead your household or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I do think that a man has a responsibility to lead. I think that a woman has a responsibility to lead. I think that if it's going in the ideal situation, right, like the design, the man is generally like the front and a train just went by a few minutes ago out, outside the building. And that train had two or three locomotives on the front. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All three locomotives are pulling that train. Yeah. Uh, one of them is in the lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. You know, so I, I, I tend to think that that's a man's responsibility, not privilege, but responsibility. But, uh, and I also think that when a man steps up to lead, by default, a woman will usually follow if he's leading himself well, if he's working on himself, if he's doing the right things. If he's trying to lead and he's just demanding for himself or he's being selfish or he's not a man of integrity, she doesn't want to follow that. 100%. And I'd add one more thing that, that he just expects he's entitled to lead. That's, ooh, I'm mad. Hear me roar. Like, that's not going to get her to follow at all. <laughs> but I think you're right. On a whole, and my wife's project is the white picket fence. It's like the modern traditional mama, blah, 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 right? And it's it's like that. Like, she, she wants a leader. Like, most women on a whole want a leader, but because we do these four things, the three you mentioned, the one that I just said, it's you're not leading. You're just acting, and there's no responsibility. It's just acting, right? And so if you can hone in on that, though, then most women will want that. Right. And then you start to pull out the skills that each of you have. And, hey, I got you, babe. Don't worry about it. And, you know, for example, if I start to lose my temper again, one of my kids, I don't really have issues with my wife anymore. But, um, you know, she'll be like, hey, babe, go take a break. I got you. Right. Yeah. And she's not looking at me like I'm a terrible father or a terrible leader. She's just recognizing that this is a hard day for me or whatever it is. And she's supporting me. But I would say she just led me there. Right. I think you've got to have each other's backs too, because mm -hmm. like it's easy when, when things are bad to assume what the other person's thinking or to assume what they're doing and assume the worst about that person. Mm -hmm. And like, if I, like my wife can say, if my wife comes to me and she says something that I really don't like, that really hurts, that's maybe even wrong. Maybe she's even wrong about it. If I can, assume the best about her and yes. her intentions are good even if she's wrong like that changes everything i have a tool that I, I teach men to do and i get called a simp for it all day long but i i don't really care i think you need to love your wife this is a duh that's what a woman needs that's what you need you want to feel loved valued respected 
I use a tool. So you start to get angry or start to get upset or don't know what's going on. You just literally look at this list. I call it the lover list. And you just start building this list out. And you never stop building this list. It's just all the things you love, value, respect, appreciate. It could be starting with she's sexy, she's beautiful. I like your brain. But where does that take you? And you keep building on this list. You can use this stuff, by the way, for your romance and being a player, giving better gifts. My gosh, like people just don't really know. But the other thing is, yeah, man, you can pull yourself out of any hole if you start to go down down that terrible rabbit hole. And you can start to remind yourself and assume the best the way that you're talking about. Because most of the time, it's your insecurity, your frustration, your defensiveness, your protection mode that's making you assume the worst. Who's she talking to on the phone right now? Why is she laughing so hard? Well, you haven't had sex for two weeks because, you know, you're not showing up properly. So your insecurity is starting to get the best of you. So you start to assume it's another dude. Most of the time, this isn't happening. We're just bombarded, bombarded in society with videos and social media and movies showing cheating, showing affairs. I can tell you what, man, the amount of men I work with that have actually had the affairs and same with their wives, at least, at least that they know of. Most of them don't ever bring cheating to the table. Most of them, you know, it's just the lack of intimacy and the feelings of insecurity. Which I was the king of that. Why is the thermostat changed? You couldn't possibly do that. Why is the toilet seat up? Oh, wait, she has to lift it to clean it? <laughs> you know, like, it's just in your head. So I love that you said that. You got to assume the best always. And, you know, you talked about that making the list of the good things. That gratitude, like, gratitude is literally proven to be one of the best things you can have that you can use to fight anxiety and depression is to make yeah. a list of the things you're grateful for. I think that makes perfect sense to use it in the relationship context. Like before you assume that she hates you or before you get pissed off about something, take the time to think about what you're thankful for and tell her that too. Like all yeah, the time. Yeah. That's why I tell guys to use the listing. That's what, exactly what you do. So I'll give you a Mother's Day example. Most guys, if you remember Mother's Day, guys, whoever's listening, if you're one of the one ones who forget Mother's Day, but come on. Anyways, so if you're going to give her a card, why give her a card saying you're the best mom, right? Or mother or whatever you, you, you say. Why not say you're the best mama? I love the way that you took the time to figure out how, how to control our moods when their tempers were getting out of control. And the fact that you took the time to read so many books and hire some coaches on that. I've literally watched the changes in our children's behavior over the last six months. You are the best fucking mom on the planet. How did I do that? Well, I wrote the different stages on the lover list. I'm in tune with my wife and I went, man, I'm going to share with her what she's done here. And then boom, she's super proud. She's got the affirmation, which a lot of your wives are words of affirmation dudes. And like, she feels like a powerhouse as a mama, which is what they need guys. Remember if she, especially if she lost her career, gave that away, all that stuff, man, like when she doesn't feel like a good wife because you're not having sex is a good sign and she's not feeling like a good mama because she screws up. What do you think that something like that does for her? And you can do that on a Tuesday too, man. You don't have to wait till Mother's Day, right? Yeah. I think that's the thing is like you, you talk about words of affirmation. You talked about giving gifts. You talked about touch. So I'm sensing some The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman in there, which I highly recommend. If you've never read it, take the time to read it. I, I am of the mind that everybody has all five love languages just in different degrees. You, you are absolutely right, dude. You just got me pumped up. So what I've never heard anybody mention it like that. I mean, I've read it a little bit, but I think, I, I, no, no, but 
Uh, my wife's getting, Gary Chapman says it, says it himself. No, but I think I know where your brain's going. It's not the way that Gary does it. And Gary, by the way, guys, I mean, there's dozens of books in the five love languages that he's written. It's in every communications course I've taken. Like, it's powerful, okay? Mm-hmm. But the real five, and I have a feeling that, the, that you kind of do this too. Everybody uses all five, but guys, you can use them. I call it the real five. You blend them. So if you're doing like acts of service, you can be an acts of service, throw in some affirmation about why she's, she deserves the service that you're giving her. Like say you're cooking dinner for her. I'm going to cook dinner for you tonight because you make the best dinners all the time, but then you deserve a break. And then you can invite her in to make dinner. You've just used three of the love languages all at once. And guys get hyper-focused on two things. One is, well, what's her one language or top two or, What's mine? Why is she not touching me? Fuck, man. Just start showing up using them all, all the time. Stack them like that. And you could use it for flirting, for dates, for just complimenting, just being a good person. Like, and guys, it's powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. And I think that when you do that, you are making an investment, you know? Like, she needs to hear and see and feel that love. And when you do it, it comes back. Like, it might not be immediate. It might have to grow a little bit. You might have to put a lot in there, especially if you're in that spot where things are bad. You know, start filling up that love bank. You know, make those investments. Help her to see that she matters, and it'll come back. Well, you know, the biggest problem that you're going to have there would be what I was talking about with the Ford Focus and the Ferrari. So if your expectation is she should just want to have sex with you because you're married or because you deserve it because you're a man, or if you think about it like this, if she's just laying there, you know, and rolling her eyes while you're doing it. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Or do you want her ripping your clothes off and wanting you? Right. If you can understand that, then you can understand that you need to make her feel emotionally connected. You need to make her women need that emotional connection. That means putting your phone down when you're talking, using the five love languages, coming in with no expectations, i.e., like you said, filling up the bank for a while, because depending and it, for a while, guys, is relevant. It, it depends on what your marriage is like. But the reality is, if you just show up and do all of these things all the time, she's starting to feel emotionally charged. And then you just add in where you like this date. You, so next time you take your wife out, I don't know if you do this, but have a surprise stop after dinner where she's going dancing with you or something like that. The babysitter's taking care of for longer, but we have to get home. The kids, not a baby, got taken care of. Boom. And then all of a sudden, because her emotional bank is filled up, now she feels like a woman. She doesn't have to worry about the kids. What does a woman need? She, if you get her there again, she wants you. She feels like your woman. So I think you, you know, all of these things go together, but we're just all trying one thing at a time. You need to have all the parts under the hood, man, if you want to go to the track. Otherwise, man, superchargers in the car and your wheels are on a, in a pit. Good luck. You're just still missing everything. You're still, she's still not getting the package that she signed up for, that, that envisioned fairy tale that she wanted. Does that make sense? 100%, man. Hey, uh, I'd like to transition a little bit and ask you a couple questions that I like to ask sure. all my guests, if that's all right. Yeah. The first one is this. What does it take to be a man? I think that's simple, guys. You just got to be able to own everything in your life. And I don't, I'm not just talking about your wife right now. This is parenting. This is, uh, you know, work. This is your, your hobbies. This everything in your life. You got to be able to own it that you're not doing it for somebody else. You're doing it for you. This is what gives you the credentials to start actually leading your wife, your children, your colleagues, the people in your life, and your sports team, whatever, you know? And then 
you know, when you can, can do that properly and actually own it, never be done, man. Never be done. You should never be at 10 because you're never done leveling up. And that's really what it's all about is continuing to level up, you know? 100%. I agree with you. Cass, if I were to run into the, or if you were to run into the 10-year-old version of you, which uh, you talked about this earlier, I guess his name was Ryan. Yeah. changed now, right? So you run into the 10-year-old version of Ryan. Uh, what do you want to tell him? Man, I'd be laughing and laughing and laughing with him. And that's, again, why we laugh about Ryan. But I'd want to talk to him a little differently first. Because, you know, when your parents are like, you watch that credit card, you're going to, you know, and what do we do? We max it out. It's because nobody listens when they're being dragged. Got to lead them. So I'd actually be laughing. I'd be inspiring them with all the stories. I'd talk to them about just like this, the way we're talking right now, candid and real and raw, where it just clicks. It just makes sense. And it would just be things like this. And one of the things I actually want to do is, is put together a program for high school students, high school males. I'm not going to talk about how you can get more sex. But ultimately, you're going to make some real strong men that aren't going to make the same mistakes that we all have to learn the hard way. But I think it's not really about what I would say at this point. It's more about everything I would say in the way I would say it. Fun. Just clicking. This makes sense. It's just clear. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think about that a lot. That's actually a question I ask a lot. People will give uh, a really meaningful answer to that question. And they don't. And then I'll ask the question, do you think you would have heard it at 10? And they almost always say no. <laughs> no. So I think boils down to dragon versus leading man yeah you know i love it i love it cass uh what is your best advice for the men that are listening today well because of what i do i'm going to say you guys your best advice is to take a step whether it's my program don't follow down toxic masculinity shit obviously nothing's going to save your marriage if you are trying to make her jealous insecure angry or afraid i'm gonna leave if you don't guys that's not gonna last you just have to, no negative emotion is gonna take you in a positive long-term relationship so you're just delaying your divorce so the best thing you can do is if, if it's not with me just continually like i read dozens of books there's so many good courses out there i don't think they're complete that's just because it's me and what i've done i spent a lot of money 240 grand to learn what i know but the thing is the best advice I could give you is to not stop. Go back to question one. Like you're never done learning because you, you you'll just never be someone awesome if you're all if you, all right. I made it, you know. And so the best advice is take the step, take the step for the love of God. Whatever it is that resonates with you, whoever that is, just make sure it's not a negative tone. It just can't be a negative tone. It might it might be perfect for you. Like there's a great book, The Dead Bedroom Fix, guys. It's a good solution for a lot of you. I don't think it's complete. I think it's missing 65% of what I teach. It's missing for sure, but it's a great book and it's still a step in the right direction. But take the step for the love of God. Stop bitching and complaining and crying about your life, your wife, your family, and go get what you want. You know? Awesome. Excellent advice. I, you, you kind of touched on this and it reminds me, it makes me think a lot about, there's a lot of people out there that are, doing the work we're doing or trying to do the work we're doing, but they're packaging it in this just, I, I referred to Andrew Tate the other day, you know, mm. and it's resonating with people like young people's social media feeds were, are blasted with it and they're resonating with it because they see the world and they see that this, 
that what's happening is broken and they don't want that. They want to return to a traditional idea of what it means to be a man. But why do they have to be buttholes about it? You know, I think that that drives me mental because sometimes people will, will call me on social media, the, the married Andrew Tate or, you know, the, the yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm so tired of it. Like I just, or simp or all these things, these are all this toxic crap and I just don't get it. And I, I just think you need to understand it like this. If you're trying something and it doesn't sound like it would make sense in your head for what you would want, would you want your wife, for example, acting all cool, not answering her text messages, your text messages back and just making like you feel like shit just to create jealousy so that you work hard for her? What the fuck? If it doesn't work for you, why would it work for her? Mm -hmm. That's the simplest way. There's more, but that's the simplest way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that movement is, you know, the, the manosphere is full of all kinds of uh, good and bad examples. And we've got to be discerning to know, is this good advice or not? So, yeah. Well, and also, like, like I said, there's more ways. I mean, like the same with the church. There's a lot of things, messages. I can't tell you how many messages I heard. Like I said earlier, serve your wife, serve your husband three times a week and make sure once one of those times is for you. Think about it like the stuff that I've talked about today. Do you want her to lay there and just do a job? Because that is never going to feel the same as her wanting to rip your clothes off, going crazy, right? Like, so just just start to think a little more logically, and then you'll probably start to discern a little e a little more easily. The last thing I'll say about that is simple, dude. If all this stuff has been around for a while now, right? Everything that we've talked about, and now this toxic thing is out of control. It's in response to feminism, which is in response to the old way of man, like blah, 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 blah. Divorce statistics are still climbing, but I'm talking about a new way. There ain't a lot of people talking about it. So, you know, you can start to discern that way. Does this sound like the same advice I've always heard? Go talk to your wife, be open, tell her how much you desire her, you want sex and ask her about why she doesn't feel the same way. Fuck, it hasn't worked. Trust me, take it from a guy at 5,000 talks. And when I, when I changed it, things changed. Don't do what people getting divorced do, guys. If you want to be successful, do you follow a, a beautiful Alex Ramosi? You know, made $100 million in three years? Or do you follow, or Grant Cardone, billionaire? Or do you follow people that are sell, tell, like selling you a $2,000, we're going to make 10K a day program for coaching, guys? Talk, talk to somebody like me who spent 500 grand in coaching even then. You know what I mean? Something. Follow the right people, right? Same as you, Josh. You, people are probably listening to podcasts all the time. But you clearly are reading books, taking courses, whatever, talking to men. talking. Maybe you're getting it all from speaking to men the way you do it right now. But that's called growth. So that's the last thing I'll say about discernment. Like, who are you following? Like, pay attention to where they're going and where they're coming from. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, man, I've really appreciated the conversation. Let's say our guys want to get in touch with you. They want to know more. What's the best way for that to happen? Uh, RyanCastMorrow.com. You speak to me directly. I'm always hands-on, old-fashioned business guy. So, uh, and, and yet you just have a call with me. We just have a talk. You can see what I do exactly on there. Otherwise, any social media platform, RyanCastMorrow.com, if I'm on there and I use it, it'll be, it'll be that as the handle. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure to link it in the show notes as well so the guys can check it out. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today, man. I've had a blast, man. Thanks for having me on the show, Josh. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. All right, brother. Cass, thank you so much for showing up on the Manlyhood Man cast with us. I'm so grateful that I had the chance 
to have this conversation with you. And we've had some other great conversations and I'm looking forward to seeing what we can work on together. I think we're going to do some good stuff. Listen, men, if you want to connect with him and, and, uh, maybe make your relationship better, check out the links in the show notes. Also guys, if you want to level up as a man, become a better man, uh, our private Facebook group is a great place to help you do that because it's going to help you build some connections and make some friends where you have men who have your back who want to encourage you. So go to manlyhood.com uh, and check out our Facebook group. It's called the Manlyhood Man Cave. You can find links to it at manlyhood.com or go on Facebook. Just type in Manlyhood Man Cave. Please also don't forget our Valentine's Day contest that is running. So if you go to manlyhood.com slash contests. Also, grab some t-shirts. Uh, grab some swag. We've got some books as well for sale at our store. So go to manlyhood.com slash store, including we have some beard oil there as well, which is really good stuff. So please uh, help support the vision of manlyhood and make your beard smell great and have some cool swag and gear to wear. Listen, guys, I am really grateful that you took the time to listen today. I love you. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.